We're moving into the Easter weekend and more importantly, W League finals time. This is the Brisbane Football Review with James Scott and Adam. There's going to be a whole lot of exciting football coming up this weekend. Thankfully, after the news that the lockdown has been lifted here in Queensland. Adam, how are you? I'm good. Uh, a couple of hours outside of lockdown and uh, yeah, we're all ready for football. I would say that... things. Yeah, I would say the sun seems a little bit brighter outside, but it's actually pretty cloudy at my place. Scott, what about you? Yeah, it started raining about the time of lockdown officially ended. <laughs> I'm not sure what that tells you, but yeah, just emerging out of my bunker after the last couple of days, it's good to see the um, sunshine again, kind of. Yeah, exactly. I'm sure the weather will cooperate over this Easter weekend because we do have quite a lot of football to cover there. At the moment is something... Uh, there's going to be an A-League fixture up at Morton Daly Stadium. There's going to be a W League final at Richlands on Sunday. And I'm assuming there's going to be some form of FFA Cup and Kappa Women's Super Cup football. We're still waiting for an update on that as we are recording here as of in this late lunch window on Thursday afternoon. So if you have been waiting for this episode since Wednesday, our apologies for that. But we have been waiting for the ever-evolving situation here to, I suppose, point itself in one specific direction this is the brisbane football review if you want to get in touch with us email brisbane football review at gmail.com facebook the raw review twitter at bne football and a reminder on those social accounts you can find live coverage of every single uh brisbane raw senior fixture a league w league as well as select national premier leagues matches across the men's and women's division plus the football queensland premier league when the match uh, certainly warrants it and above all that as well, uh, you can also check out our NPL Sunday special, which could actually turn out to be an FFA Cup Monday special, depending on the fixturing this weekend, Scott. Yeah, something like that. We'll have to see how many games go ahead. Definitely. No all crisis, right. But we're considering it. Yes, we are still waiting for the announcement, and if it breaks while we're recording, although knowing our luck over the last five years of doing this, it's actually probably going to break on or around the time that we all stop recording, so... Just, just so you know, when uh, yeah, you're listening I can, to I can see, I can see football Queensland trolling us and waiting till we, uh, till we release it, then releasing the, uh, the schedule for this weekend. Yeah, that that sounds like something that would absolutely happen to us as well. Okay, so as mentioned, this is the W League Finals special. I suppose we're calling this, and that means we are going to lead off with uh, our coverage of the women's team. And to start off with Sunday evening out at Lyon Stadium, Brisbane 3, Newcastle 0, goals from Torpy, Gilnick and Hecker. And it was actually a fairly eventful start to the game by the sounds of it as well, Scott, because uh, there was a bit of a uh, change with Jake Goodship's availability. Yes, Jake Goodship was unavailable on um, Sunday afternoon. Obviously, his um, partner gave birth to their second child, I believe, on Sunday night. So congratulations to Jake on that. Hopefully all is good on that front. He's back available this weekend, but in the game itself, it was a bit of a nervy start in the game. Because obviously, Brisbane were 90% assured of being in the finals. It would have taken a, a big win for Newcastle to knock them out of it. But Newcastle started off the game quite well. And actually, they came to play and they hit the crossbar early through Tegan Allen from a corner. And the first 15-20 minutes was quite nervy. The Raw were still in some control, but 
there was there was an element that Newcastle were causing danger. Once Brisbane did start to get in control, Caitlin Torpy scored her first goal, and Emily Gilnick then scored another one right after the break. And that was the real that was the real backbreaker for Newcastle. I mean, it was two minutes after halftime, and after that, you could kind of see their heads went down. And at that point, it was almost game over. But for about a 20-25 minute period there, they certainly gave the Raw a challenge. Adam? Yeah, um, Newcastle did start well. They, 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 there was probably a perception that they probably uh, could have just came up to Brisbane and sort of rolled over and died. But, you know, to their credit, uh, they really actually did give uh, Raw a bit of trouble early in that uh, Lauren Allen um, crossbar strike sort of did Sorry, almost, um, yeah, almost uh, woke, them, woke them up. Uh, but yeah, one yeah once I, so I I felt that once that first goal went in um, if, through uh, Caitlin Torpy who grabbed her first uh, goal uh, for for the club yeah uh, that that um that yeah that, that that was pretty much the resistance over and then then Emily Gilnick scoring you know, off a beautiful head in the second half just after half time that was the sealer but I guess we knew going into this if the Royal won that you know uh, because of the result. Um, but in the previous night where Perth Glory just completely laid down, died for Melbourne victory, uh, that basically they, they secured home final, but the premiership was gone, which is a very, very weird feeling, to be honest. It was still good, though, getting to see the Raw really enjoying themselves in that final 15 or so minutes and basically just being able to make a bit of a party time, obviously celebrating their departing stars, Emily Gilnick and Claire Polkinghorne. What we're going to do now is hear from the... What's uh, what was Kelly Crew's title on the day? Was it inter- interim interim head coach? But we'll call her the assistant. Okay, here is Kelly Crew from the Brisbane Raw after the match. Um, yeah, I thought um, we probably didn't start as um, as we wanted, as, as aggressive and um, positive as we wanted to. Uh, but they came out firing. We knew that. We knew they're a very resilient team. They battled hard in the last minute, so we were prepared for that. Um, and it took us just settling, enjoying the ball a bit more, switching them to break down their mid block. Um, and when we did start finding those solutions, the gap started opening up. Renata got player of the match, and it just looks like we've got a really good youth set coming through at the moment. Absolutely, um, and it's fair to some of the older girls as well. They've really um, encouraged and mentored the girls this year, and gave them the freedom and encouragement to step up and and be standout players, um, and not just fall kind of in their shadows. They, they were encouraged by them, and it and it's shown just how far our young players have come, um, and they're dominating spaces on the field. Um, so it's really positive. It's great for the program. Um, so we're yeah excited to see where these players can go, especially in the final series. Okay, so the last question. Yep. Final series yes. next week. Yes. How's the feeling in the camp ahead of that? Um, look, we haven't even had uh, a, a lot of time to focus on that. The focus was on just finishing season, keeping to our processes and finishing one game at a time. Um, this week will be exciting. It'll be a, a bit of a different five final series, a little bit different, but again, we just take it one game at a time. We know that home semi final was what we wanted. Yep. Um, we've got it now, and anything happens semi final, so we're just going to really focus on that game and uh, get the win. All right, thanks to the Raw for that audio after the match because uh, we'll get to why uh, Adam wasn't there to capture that in a little while. But overall, it's a good performance for the Raw to be going into the finals with as well. Obviously, remember when they played Newcastle back in January, I think it was, and, you know, we were all, I suppose, feeling a little bit doomsday-ish about the lack of goals. But they're starting to really fly in as well. And 
It was good to see Caitlin Torpy get on the score sheet as well, Adam. Yeah, look, um, she, she's coming uh, pretty much uh, late in the season where she's basically established herself as, you know, the preferred option of the, of the younger um, sort of attackers over, over the teacher McKenna. And uh, look, she's retaken her, her spot and it's sort of the form that we saw her at the back end of the MPL Queensland season finally coming through. Um, and yeah, look, uh, she, she was um, Jill on the spot, I guess you can call it. Uh, uh, after after um, a good a, a good save by um, Claire Coelho, but uh, yeah, straight into her path. Uh, look, Coelho I thought was actually quite good in the first half, and it could have been more than three had she not made some some you know really nice saves, yeah, you know, especially early on in the uh, contest. Yeah, Scott. Yeah, I think it's interesting, isn't it, when it comes to Caitlin Torpy? We've seen her play a lot of different roles for the Roar, and we might talk about it later on in the season in the semi-final preview about where she might have to play this weekend, but. She has done really well in that role in the front third in the last couple of weeks, and it was a really well-taken finish for the, to open the scoring at a time where the Raw certainly needed a breakthrough. They definitely did, and like well, we've seen her playing for Capalabar as well, and we know she's got pretty good pace as well, and that could be something that... I feel like her legs would be relatively fresh compared to some of the other W League players as well, and that could be something that will be put to good use by Jake Goodship, we assume, uh, in the semi-final uh, coming up this Sunday, which has just been announced. Adam? Yeah, uh, you, you bring up a good point, but then I look at the other side, on the other wing, and you've got, you've got to be amazed by, you know, how fit and, like, almost Iron Woman-like uh, performance from Mariel Hecker that, you know, she she's pretty much been played non-stop for... Like include training for the last fourteen months, and she's still going as fresh as ever. So um, I think, yeah, we, we talk about fresh legs, but also as well, she has just been, you know, an absolute revelation. So mind you, we we did call it um, that that she that she that her level is the W League, and she belongs there. And yeah, I just you just it's just amazing to see her still running out games every week, playing ninety minutes. Um, you know, like like what like she was you know fourteen months ago. Yeah, I mean, we talk about went many times before with Marielle. It was her fourth goal of the season and been a really important part of that front third as well, James, when you think about it. Adding real balance to that right-hand side there. And it is unbelievable the fact that she's been able to basically play the start of the MPL year last year before lockdown, all through that, straight into a full W League season, which is a higher intensity, and hasn't missed a beat. It looks like she's been there for, for a good few years, but it's... It's, it's a really it's been a really smooth transition. That's the best way you can say it. It is a testament to the level of player that uh, Hecker is. That I, I thought she would, you know, follow the same, I suppose, development path that we've seen a lot of the uh, NPL players do when they come in and make that step up to a professional team. Uh, but yeah, she hit the ground running, literally and figuratively, and has been a phenomenal pickup uh, for the Roar. And hopefully, we'll get to see her for a few more seasons still. Um, it is going to be quite a lot of uh, quite a lot uh, to ask of the Raw's remaining forwards to try and replace the impact of Golden Boot winner Emily Gilnick as well. But I still maintain that wasn't actually the highest honour that she claimed on Sunday afternoon at Lions Stadium. And for those of you who listen to us week in, week out, you would know that we've uh, added something new in this season and we had a chance to, I suppose, give our first payoff for this bit we've been doing for the last four-ish months, and that was the Brisbane Football Review W League Player of the Year Award, which of course went to Emily Gilnick, who finished uh, 
quite clearly on top of the uh, voting count in the end. Adam, and you had the opportunity to present her with the trophy. So take us through that. Yeah, look, um, yeah, it was uh, an honour to, to present her with a trophy because, yeah, I think, I think clearly, and just reflecting our votes, that her and Claire Polkinghorne uh, were pretty much were the two best players consistently over the entire season, and it's no surprise that, that unfortunately they're they're now off to go and join the Matildas camp before then you're know, going to going to to play club football in Sweden for for I think we, they pronounce a video I think I don't know. Okay, <laughs> so, I'll I'll run Sweden. with you. Yeah, somewhere in Sweden. But um, but yeah, point point being, yeah, look, uh, yeah, no, it was, a, it was a tremendous honor to um to present her the award, and I think for for a great season, it has really you know given the Raw a great chance, you know, to to carry on and you know go on and win this now. Absolutely, and um, Adam, do you just want to run through quickly the uh, final vote tallies, or at least the top five which you put in the run sheet for us? Yep, um, so the winner, Emily Gilnick, was on 39 points. Second was Claire Pockinghorn with 29. Uh, Isabel Dalton on 27. She was a bit of a late surger, actually. Um, she, she sort of you know, really flew home for third, and perhaps if there was a few more games, she might have actually caught the, in her form at the moment. Uh, Mariel Hecker in fourth at 21, and Olivia Chance and Tamika Yallop both tied in fifth on 19 points. There we go. And, oh, yeah, so we've been doing 3-2-1 votes every, after every game, and that's how it wound up going that way. And, Adam, after the match, you had a chance to speak to the winner, Emily Gillick. So uh, we're going to play that interview in full for you right now. So tune in. It's a very good listen, I swear. Cool. How do you feel? Obviously, just straight after the game. Yeah, I mean, uh, it feels good because... There's nothing worse than uh, leaving and going overseas on a, on a bad note. So, you know, that was a good win for us. Clean sheet. Got another goal to the name, which is always nice. But most importantly, like, good performance from the team. So I'm happy with that. Yeah. Is it still that bittersweet feeling? Do you want to be here still finals? As much as you have to be overseas. Absolutely. Uh, it was probably, like, the the, the, the longest and worst month of, of stress uh, and anxiety of my football and career, to be honest. It's a big bittersweet. I really wanted to... Um, be here for the finals. That's really kind of what my intentions were as soon as I started. None of this was meant to happen. None of this was meant to be up in the air. It was just a lot of unfortunate. So if I don't see you, yeah, yeah, appreciate it. Thanks, 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 Shane. Um, Yeah, just a real bittersweet and unfortunate circumstances. But I mean, finals football is really what I'm, you know, gutted in Seattle. Yeah, absolutely. Now, who who's going to score the crucial goal when the team needs it in this final? Yeah, yeah. Look, to be honest, I think it's some of the girls who have just been having their chances all season, but not finishing them. I think Izzy's really coming through and. You know, Teach coming on and Torpy really making a stand for herself. So, you know, all those girls up front, and obviously now we got Tamika Yellow leading the line. You know, just just a, just an absolute workhorse. So, you know, I got my money on all of them to be honest. I think it'll all click, and you know, Larissa Crummer, good for her, slowly coming back and getting some minutes. So, once she can find her form and get some confidence with the minutes that she's getting. You know, it'd be nice to see her back on the score sheet as well. So, yeah, full faith in all the strikers there and, and even some of the midfielders coming through. Yeah, and yeah. finally, how are you watching the final with Colts? Will you be watching it together? Yeah, oh, absolutely. I don't care what time of the morning it is overseas. I haven't done the math yet in terms of time, so I have to wait for the draw to come out. But, uh, yeah, I'll definitely be uh, watching it. Colts and I will be, be getting together on a couch somewhere and putting on the TV for sure. Yeah, awesome. Yeah. Uh, you look like you've signed up the Golden Boot. Uh, will that give you confidence going on now to... to um, to Sweden and also yeah. as well national team? Yeah, absolutely. I think, um, 
you know, I did, something I didn't really want to say out loud. And it wasn't the biggest focus of mine, but it was definitely my goal for the season. And, you know, I'm glad I kept it to myself. But, you know, I feel good about it because I haven't made, you know, brave goals like that in the past. And I felt good coming off the season I did with Sweden, um, scoring eight goals over there. So I, my, my purpose uh, coming back to Raw was just keep that momentum. And so that to me was a success. And, yeah, Golden Boots, a real treat and very fortunate. But you can see with the players i got around me, they, they've really... You know, earn that golden boot just as much as I did. You, um, you'll see me struggling early on the season, and then all of a sudden, yeah. you know, against victory, it, it yeah. sort of came out. What, what changed? Was it just, just yeah. a matter of just going through process over and over, or was it yeah. something in particular that you know got you on this run? Yeah, absolutely. I think those first four games, you know, it almost had me doubting myself a little bit. Not, I, I never doubted the team. Just a bit of self doubt there. I just needed to get the ball rolling, but. In that moment, in that in that victory game, it was either going to go one way or the other for me, and I just I didn't really, you know, I tried to have more of a positive uh, influence on it, and so you know the the tables turned for me, and I just kept momentum from then on. So it was really a choice. Um, I just forced myself to, to turn things around, and you know stuck uh, stuck to you know my positive ways, and then things really fell into place for me from then onwards. You said, yeah. I said you said you kept that goal scoring, you know the. You yeah. try to give it to yourself. Yeah. Is it a fine line trying to think like that? Absolutely. Rather, yeah. you know, when there's a time where you can just have a ping instead of giving the right option, is it a fine line when you're thinking about it or you don't really think about it? Yeah, look, I've never, for all the players that know me and, you know, close friends and family, I'm definitely not a selfish player. So I think that's worked in my favour is anytime I've gone onto the pitch, I'm selfless and I'll definitely, in my moment, if I feel like I'm in the best opportunity to score, I'll take it. But if I think that someone else is in a better opportunity, I'll definitely put the team first. And I think that's why I have been successful is because... You know, I, I pride myself on not being a selfish player. I think when you focus too much on just the outcomes, just the outcomes for yourself, then uh, things don't necessarily go that way. So um, I think that was a, that was a big positive for me, just sticking to my morals in, in regards to that. Yeah. yeah. Uh, anyway, all the best uh, yeah. for Sweden, the Olympics, and I hope to see yeah. you back soon here in Brisbane. Appreciate it. Thanks. And that was the um, W League Player of the Year for the Brisbane Football Review, Adam. I'd say, yeah. yeah, look, I can't, I can't take all the credit as well. Um, you know, I did that interview as well with uh, the football sacks uh, correspondent up here, Matt Simkus. And yeah, look, uh, yeah, it was a, I found it was a, it was a, a great chat. And she, she speaks very well, as we expect. And look, we wish her nothing but the best. Um, like I said, hopefully we'll see her in uh, Brisbane very, very soon. Hopefully it's soon next season. That would be it's nice. Course. Yeah, look, it's... Emily's had an unbelievable year, hasn't she, back here with the Raw. We said it all in our season preview that if the Raw were going to have another really good season, Emily Gilnick and Claire Polkinghorne would be right at the heart of it, and that's proven to be the case over the course of the year. The amount of games where Emily Gilnick has popped up and scored goals to get the Raw back into games and get points for them, it's it's, it's a very, very well-deserved recognition. And I'm, I, th- I don't think too many people would disagree with that in all, in all truth. I mean, Emily was was far and away the Raw's best player this year. It was good to see Isabel Dalton, you mentioned, made a late charge there. That was who I actually thought might be closing in on it because Adam was the only one who really knew between the three of us what it actually was happening with the 3 2 ones because it was Adam who was collating them. James and I were just providing our input every week. But our very clear. valued input. Oh, absolutely very yeah. valued input. Much more valued than that. But anyway. <laughs> <laughs> but no, look, it was... It was it was clear Emily was the best player of the Raw for the year this year, and they'll certainly miss her, James, in the semi-final this weekend. Absolutely, and I just want to point out as well that it was just... It's a phenomenal turnaround for a player that... Look, I, I've mentioned this, I think, four or five times beforehand, but 
after that Canberra game at Dolphin Stadium, you just saw a player that was unbelievably frustrated with the fact that she was getting in the right positions, but just couldn't get that same production, I suppose, that she would have been uh, expecting from someone at her level. And look, it, it yeah, I've just got to say, yeah, well-deserved honour for her. And hopefully, uh, as, as valuable as she has been, the three of us as Raw fans are all hoping that they do find a way to fill the massive gap that she is leaving in that striker's role uh, this Sunday when they take on Melbourne victory in the semi-final. So we'll uh, go right in and extend our W League uh, segment by talking about the semi-final. We've had confirmation in the last hour uh, as we're recording that uh, Sunday, 4th of April, Lions Stadium at Richland's 4pm Queensland time. And that is 4pm normal time to everyone down south listening. You're coming back to the standard uh, clock format as of early Sunday morning. So there's no need to worry about daylight savings or any of that. Uh, Yeah, 4 o'clock. There's a lot to look forward to from a raw perspective in this one. For starters, uh, obviously it's going to be an Easter Sunday clash. So you don't have to worry about going to work or school the next morning if you've got a standard 9 to 5 job. And Adam... I'm actually feeling pretty confident about the Raw's chances. What about you? Yeah, look, I'd feel more. I'd feel more confident if uh, Emily Gilnick and Claire Polkinghorne were in the side. But that's. But as as um, Jake Goodship has has been a pain to say, you know, pretty much throughout that. Uh, look, this side is more than that. Um, and and look, you you never say no to sort of having you know experience experienced Matildas. Like so, they've lost. They've now lost three of them with um with Katrina Gorey, I guess on. Uh, Maternity. Called maternity leave, um, yeah. So it, it, that's going to weaken any side, but I still, I still have faith that this Brisbane Raw women's side is still good enough to be able to, you know, to get the job done, even if by hook or crook. Basically, they may, they may not win it by, you know, two or three goals or the six goals that you know they did on the in the corresponding game during the regular season. That's like this Melbourne victory side is better than that, but. Um, but certainly, I wouldn't. I wouldn't write off their chances just yet, especially at home at Lions Stadium. There's still three senior internationals in that side, James. You've got Tamiki Yallop, who I assume now will will attain the captaincy of this side. You've got Larissa Crummer, who's played for Australia in the past, and Liv Chance, who's who's played for New Zealand a lot as well. So there's still three senior internationals there. But I think this is going to be a really, really tough game here. I mean, I, I'm completely disregarding the six nil down on the Gold Coast. That's that's a long time ago. This is a much different Melbourne victory side, and they've they've really come home with one of the stronger sides in the competition to secure a final spot ahead of Adelaide. So this is going to be really tough. I'm I'm intrigued to see how how the Wednesday night clash against Sydney pans out for this because it is a short week for Melbourne now in terms of preparation. I assume they'll probably go and stay in Sydney and then come up to Brisbane for that. But it's interesting. Is, it, is does the loss there to Sydney last night does that affect Melbourne in terms of their confidence and see them fall away? Or does it give them a bit more sterner results? Say, right, we've got to go up to Brisbane now and get a result for, to get another chance at, at Sydney. So I think it can go either way. I think it's going to be a really, really tight game. I think the loss of Emily Gilnick and Claire Bolkinghorn narrows the gap significantly. And I think it's going to be a really, really tight clash. It, it is, but I still feel like overall the Raw have the much better squad. And and also, as you said, Scott, the short week for Melbourne victory, yeah, okay, you can say that their clash on the weekend was little more than a training run, but they went for it, I think, at least based on what uh, Foxtel allowed me to see on KO 
last night. You got in to that see game. some of it, did you? Ooh, well, yeah. I well I heard more of it than I saw, but uh, yeah, I, over... I heard more of the complaint than I saw. <laughs> Either way, like the point for me still stands that yeah, the short week is going to really be, I think, telling as well. Um, yeah, it's just going to be a massive. Um, it's, I feel like that's going to be a massive factor. Yeah, just quickly, I said it was three internationals in this Royal Squad. It's four, because Kim Carroll has also represented Australia. Plenty of times in the past. There we go. Okay. Yeah, it's nice having that many internationals. You just lose track of uh, where they all are, isn't it? It is a good... It's a, it's a great benefit to have, particularly in this year's season. I think Absolutely. also as well, um, it's going to be interesting to see, as, as Scott said, that, you know, psychologically going into that game last night, Melbourne victory, you know were staring at potentially you win and you win the win the premiership. So it's going to be interesting. It's going to be a bit of a job for Jeff Hopkins to get his players up for, especially with a short turnaround. You know, to see just go from you know being so close yet being so far, and now whether they can sort of turn it around, come up to come up to Lions Stadium, you know, and either beat the beat the Raw and get another crack at Sydney. And that's even assuming Sydney don't haven't gone too hard because they um. From what I saw, the vision and the carry on their social media, they were celebrating that hard. And I wouldn't write off Canberra either, you know, pulling their pants down on Monday. So, look, I think any combination as far as, you know, the final series, I think it could be just that. I wouldn't say, oh, any team is guaranteed a spot in the grand final. Absolutely. I absolutely agree with that. Sorry, James. I mean, we saw a couple of years ago, it was third versus fourth. Perth managed to beat Melbourne Victory. And we all thought up here that Sydney v Brisbane the Raw might end up hosting a grand final. Well, Sydney Sydney beat them, and it was third versus fourth in the grand final. So anything can happen. And, and this year where it's so tight, I, th- I certainly think it's possible. I mean, Canberra versus Sydney at the weekend was a nil-all draw. So I'm not going to rule that out either for Canberra. But in terms of with the victory, we have seen this before when um, Morton Bay, they hosted Gold Coast City in the FFA Cup. And just in between the, the end of the regular season and the first week of the finals, and... They lost at home in extra time at Walter Park, and that was the night where the lights went out literally there for half an hour. But they then bounced back the following weekend and beat the Premiership-winning Brisbane Strikers in a complete ambush with two early goals. Mm. So it can go both ways, James. That yeah. disappointment for victory last night, it can spur them on. So I think people who are just saying, oh, they lost last night, that's the end of their season, I think that's very premature. But also as well, and I say it's to the Southerners as well, do not underestimate the Raw just because you know, I lost you know, Claire Polkinghorne and Emma Gilnick. So, um, like I said, this, this, this final series is giving you everything it's hyped up to be that you know anyone literally can win it. It's going to show. It's going to come down to who shows up either on Saturday or Sunday. Oh, sorry, Sunday or Monday, and then who's going to show up on Grand Final Day. That's how good this uh, W League final series is going to be. Yeah, absolutely. It's going to be very wide open. But look, maybe I'm biased. I'm still. Uh, full of confidence in what uh, Goodship and the team can put together. And the Raw have, I suppose, they've filled the two uh, rosters, open roster spots on their um, in the squad by elevating youngster Holly McQueen to the W League squad. And with all due respect to Holly McQueen, I'm more I'm curious about this other signing. Um, Newcastle uh, forward Sonny Franco has come back to Brisbane for the uh, finals campaign. And there was, I would say rightfully, a little bit of confusion and frustration at the way the Raw have let, let's call it for what it is played the system that they, they haven't done anything wrong the Raw but for me that still feels like a broken rule a, a rule that does need fixing 
where a player can have their season end in the final round of the regular season and then say, oh, I'm going to jump ship and uh, play in finals football, Scott. Just quickly, they'll all have a great advantage by playing on the Sunday as opposed to the Monday. So if they do get through, the week off is a big advantage. But back to the Sonny Franco thing, that's the rule. I don't like the rule. I think yeah. the rule's ridiculous personally, but it is the rule. And we've seen it in the past where, I think it was 2017, where Sydney FC signed Quare Quelo from Newcastle to help fill out their squad for the final series. So it's not the first time this rule's been implemented. So it's it's within the rules. I don't like it, but it's within the rules. I guess the question is, what can what can Sonny Franco bring to this Brisbane Raw side off the back of a couple of training sessions, potentially, where the Raw do need some depth in the front third? What can she bring? I, I personally think it's probably an option off the bench in terms of if the game is not quite going to plan, you bring her on and just use her strengths and hope it hope something happens on the back of it. But it's, it's a very difficult one to for some, bring in somebody who you're hoping can contribute on the back of just a couple of training sessions, having not played the entire year with that club at all. Yeah, I think it's a, it's a perception thing that, yeah, look, I agree. Look, it looks it looks horrible, <laughs> to be honest. You see one player that actually actually played against the Raw, you know, you know just a few days ago. Now she signed with them. But, um, look, at the end of the day, if, she, if she's a free agent, if her contract situation at Newcastle released her the day, like the day after that, um, that game concluded at Lions Stadium last week, then, um, then, then, yeah, it's a case of, you know, Good on Raw for picking up. I, I think at least I, I'm actually of of two minds about why, whether she may actually start. Only because is I, the question I have in my mind is is Larissa Crummer up to starting? And that's look I would I would hope yes, but then again we haven't seen too many minutes out of her in previous games either. So where we're saying Franco has been starting you know regularly for for Newcastle, so she is fit. So I'd be that's a uh, watch and see sort of thing for Sunday as far as you know what they do with her as, and what they do with Larissa Grummer but as far as the rule goes yeah I don't like it but hey the rules are the rules yeah and I keep coming back to the simple fact of if you know Sydney had have picked up um, Sonny Franco or the victory or Canberra I think we probably would have had similar issues with it as well but since it's the rule I'm happy to say good on them for finding a loophole and doing it it's perfectly legal so deal with it we thought they were going to sign somebody from the NPL didn't we we knew they were probably going to have to add extra numbers because the Roar are down on numbers let's be real Adam mentioned that Katrina Gorey is on maternity leave at the moment they've, they've lost Rosie Sutton for the year as well which is where Larissa Crummer came from so they are down to some pretty slim numbers they had to bring somebody in otherwise they would have barely had enough bodies to fill the bench so we, we all thought it was probably going to be Shay Connors from Lions joining as an, as an option, but but Sonny Franco's been playing in the W League, so you can understand why they would go in that direction. And also, that's, I suppose, where I kind of draw the line between what what I wouldn't have, would and would not have had a problem with. Had they have gone and signed a Shea Connors or a Georgie Amos from the NPL, that would have, like, I wouldn't have had any sort of issue with that ever. Oh, I think no, it, no one would have. That's a thing. Is that, yeah. yeah, it's just, it's just a perception of a W League player who played for another team who actually played against that team, you know, just, just you know, on the weekend, you know, now showing up in their colours. It's just that perception. But look, at the end of the day, I think the rules are there for a reason. And at the end of the day, the W League is now four teams. Scott? Absolutely. Yeah, yeah it's, we... not, it's not a 19 team yeah. company anymore. It's four. 
In terms of this game at the weekend, I'm just curious how you guys would actually line it up if you were the Raw, because there's a lot of options that you can do. I mean, my initial thought was when it was just Claire who was leaving, you could slide Winnie Heatley into centre-back and play Larissa Crummer at right-back, which we've seen her do in the past for the national team. But now that you're talking about both a centre-back and a centre-forward going, I would think Larissa Crummer's probably going to have to play in the front third, right? So, does that mean Caitlin Torpy goes to right-back? Does Isabel Dalton go to right back? It's it's really oh, tough, I'd isn't it? Not. For me, I would move Caitlin Thorpey back to right mm. fullback, and then you put Letitia McKenna into the front third, along with Larissa Crummer. That, to me, would be the most logical way, because I would not want to break up that midfield three if I don't have to. That would be my personal idea of doing it, but there's a lot of different moving parts here you could have. I think that's probably where I would wind up landing after several days of contemplation, Scott, as well. I, I feel like the drop-off from Torpy going from right wing to right back is much smaller than if you move Dalton from her central midfield role over to right back. So that's how you cover that, and obviously Heatley goes into the centre. Um, and then, yeah, I suppose the other good news is you do have that quite a few bodies you can just rotate up front and try and find that uh, best combination. If I remember correctly, um, Fryer started the game on the Gold Coast as well that mm, evening, yes. didn't she, as well? So she could be another option as well. Uh, Crummer comes in as well. Either way, you've got options. That's the important thing. And The only other defensive option you probably have is Rebecca Horsey, who has yeah. played at the back a little bit in this team. So I, I can't imagine they're going to throw young Holly McQueen into this semi-final. Maybe on the no bench, worries. but you certainly can't see her starting. Definitely. All right, so we're going to wrap this up with our usual prediction segment. Adam, what are, going, what are we going to be talking about after the W League semi-final? Uh, Brisbane Raw through to another grand final and breaks their uh, three-match losing run in the semis. Scott? Yeah, they haven't had a great run in the semi-finals of late. It's time to put, it, time to put that correct. Brisbane back into the grand final in a very close match. And finally, I'm going to say that Raw advance... Uh, 3-1 in extra time. So, there we go. I'm confident, but I'm still... We've seen ver- penalties twice in Brisbane Raw semi-finals at home, so don't rule it out either. There we go. All right. Uh, we're going to have to move on now, uh, and we're going to lead off with the breaking news that has just come out in the last 10 or so minutes while we've been talking about the W League. Football Queensland has issued an up- update on the easing of Greater Brisbane restrictions. The headline for me out of this, this weekend's FFA Cup and Kappa Women's Super Cup matches will also proceed as scheduled, as will those being played in regional Queensland. However, the FFA Cup and Women's Super Cup, Kappa Women's Super Cup matches scheduled to be played in the Greater Brisbane area tonight, Thursday, will remain postponed. So, no live football tonight. I think that's more than reasonable, considering that's going to be an awful lot, of, awful lot to ask of the coaches and players to say, hey, by the way, here's about six hours' notice. Go. But... Overall, yeah, uh, we've got the live uh, football coming up locally this weekend as well, Adam. Yeah, look, I'm surprised that maybe maybe this announcement is coming. I'm surprised that they were, don't try and add some of these uh, games or postpone a Thursday night to Saturday or Monday or, um, or or sort of try and sort of get them get them out of the way. Uh, it's so maybe that's coming, but look. The beat as far as Football Queensland goes was that when the lockdown announcement came through, that they 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 suspended football football activity until midnight tonight for like a bad term, and 
look, I've I've seen sort of you know in certain places on social media, you know, there's been complaints about oh why why can't you know teams start training and whatnot. Uh, we've got but, an update on that, Adam. That's actually oh, part of it. Do? Due to the break in regular season fixtures over the Easter weekend, FQ will support the decision of clubs who choose to recommence training sessions from Thursday afternoons onwards. Participants should check their local club's website and social media channels for updates on training sessions. So there's no uh, awesome. okay. restriction. Okay, so that I just thought I'd get uh, going on that before. Yeah, yeah, no, good, good, because I, I was about to go on a rant, so you stopped me well from time, embarrassing James, myself. Well time. So That's th- thank why you I'm for the, the save. But um, yeah, look, but... But the fact remains that, you know, if they didn't have that in place, no, I know I can salvage most of what I was going to say, if, if you didn't put that in place, then the question would have been, if they just said, oh, we'll stick to a lockdown and then everything goes on, is that, oh, why can't we play tonight on six hours' notice? And that, 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 that would have been ridiculous. So I'm glad that FQ have shown some flexibility and said, you know what, you can go train, you can go train, you know, but no, but no, yeah, you know, fixtures tonight. So, look, all's well then well as far as I'm concerned. But, yeah, I hope to see that some of those games that were lost tonight will be played, made up during this Easter long weekend. I'm sure they'll be made up at some point next weekend either way. I think this training is probably only going to be... Team 2 are now playing this weekend, will train tonight, and that'll be it. All the juniors who have the week off anyway, yeah. they're not going to be training. So I think it's probably just going to be whoever's playing this weekend, a training session tonight to get the get the body ticking over once again. It's great. It's it's good that we haven't lost these games. They would have been played at some point anyway, but it's good there'll be some local football this weekend, James. Absolutely. All right. Um, we're going to run quickly through some of the big news stories from the week as, as well. And uh, this morning, Brisbane was one of nine cities named to be a host for the Women's World Cup in 2023. Uh, Australian venues, Adelaide, Brisbane, Melbourne, Perth, and two venues in Sydney, Stadium Australia and the Sydney Football Stadium. Uh, New Zealand has Auckland, Dunedin, Hamilton and Wellington. Eden Park will host the opening game. Stadium Australia will host the final, which I assume will include the Matildas. Um, Brisbane sounds like a favourite for the semi-final, Scott. Yeah, well, it's, if if you go off what FIFA normally do, the biggest stadiums host the biggest games. And in Melbourne, it's locked in as Amy Park. It's In Perth, it's locked in as the Rectangular Stadium. And Adelaide's going to be Coopers. So Brisbane have the second biggest stadium. So I assume they will host the semi-final. That's what we always assumed anyway, and it was kind of hinted back when the World Cup was officially announced as it would be in Australia and New Zealand that, that Suncorp was in line to host the semi-finals. So that looms as a great opportunity to see a massive match of, of women's football here in Brisbane. Hopefully it involves the Matildas. We all hope that that's Australia v England and that they beat England 17-0, but we'll have to wait and see. But it's, it's great that we're going to have this. It's, it's locked in now. We know that there's going to be some big games here in Brisbane, and I think we're all very much looking forward to it. We all knew that Sydney was going to host the final and Eden Park would host would host the opening game. So that's part of the deal that New Zealand now are, are a co-host, so they host 50% of the games, which is, which is great. So there's going to be great games over there, but it's just... It's great that's locked in because there are a few other cities who've now missed out. Newcastle and Launceston, I believe, are the two who missed out. But it's good that we've finally got this locked in. Definitely. Uh, three quick thoughts as well. One, I'm fine as long as the Matildas don't have to go to Eden Park considering the Wallabies record there. <laughs> well, it have gone awfully wrong if they do. Yep. They'll, they'll, they'll completely flip the draw if they have to. If the Matildas end up in, on that side of the draw, that's going to get changed in... In 2.7 seconds. <laughs> Same with New Zealand have to come here. That's going to get flipped too. Two. 
Uh, I'm also uh, looked at the uh, artist renderings of what the Sydney Football Stadium is going to look like on um, Instagram, and that looks phenomenal. Might be worth doing an away day down there as well. Three, I really hope they didn't include Adelaide as a uh, April Fool's Day joke because I just <laughs> want to let anyone in Adelaide listening know that you're probably actually going to have to pay to get into uh, any <laughs> Women's World Cup matches there. This isn't like that W League match a week or so ago where you just rock up and get in for free. Uh, so just just be aware that you may actually have to part with some cash for this one. Adam, you had something to say. Uh, yeah, I was actually I was just uh, looking while you're you're talking there and and poking fun at um at Adelaide, and I wholeheartedly agree. You can have the record, but you don't have finals football. Um, that that um that's another city you're officially banned from, Adam. Duh, the, uh, the best part of Adelaide anyway is the airport. Um. <laughs> But um, but yeah, I was actually looking at the uh, venues for New Zealand, and um, yeah, the, it'd be one uh, maybe a, a host, a semi-final host might be in Dunedin in uh, at Forsyth Bar Stadium, which is like an indoor, which is an indoor stadium, a so, phenomenal ground as well, mind mm, you. So so yeah, so and and the, I think the good thing as well is that uh, all venues as well are going to be on grass as well, which uh, they they didn't have in Canada, so. So that that will at least kill that debate off about you know synthetic pitches and whatnot. But uh, yeah, look, uh, it be, I thought Newcastle may have been just a little bit stiffed um, as far as you know not getting it and Sydney getting two getting two venues. But then again, the new new Sydney Football Stadium and Stadium Australia are probably yeah. the two uh, best venues, and that's probably going to be East Sydney and West Sydney as it always is. I we, assume that the fact Newcastle's not fully seated is what's done them in. Yeah. The hill's probably what's done them in. Yeah. Yeah, that would make total sense. Okay, moving on. A-League, and we're about 40-odd minutes into this uh, recording right now, and it's nice we finally get to bring up the A-League, because as we all remember, the Raw's clash with uh, Western United last Saturday was postponed because of a waterlogged pitch. Or well, I think that's probably the British something, term for something. it. Something. The pitch was uh, not quite up to getting a football game on it. So... The Raw decided to make use of the weekend off and allegedly have made a move for uh, midfielder Matty Steinman, according to SBS. It is David Lewis, so that may have to come with a little bit of an asterisk, considering. But uh, let's assume that the Raw are actually going to be signing him. Scott, what's he going to bring to the team? Well, this is the same David Lewis who said that Jamie McLaren would sign a three-year deal, marquee deal with Western Sydney. So, again, take it with a pinch of salt. What he would bring, he's a holding midfielder, James, who would really solidify that area of the team but it's would that be to free up a J.O. Shea to push further forward is that what it would do is it would that the idea of that it's got to be was, or is it him alongside of J.O. Shea in place of a Ramit Ekbari that's the interesting thing for me I just don't know where this signing comes from because the Raw have five visa players last time I checked so unless this is a guest player or something along those lines it's a nice idea but I'm not quite sure where he fits in terms of in the squad of signing him. In the team, I can see where he fits. They can get him, but it was certainly an odd one when it popped up. Yeah, that was actually... I was, you just brought, uh, brought my point, Scott, was that, yeah, uh, you're right. It, the, logically, uh, it makes sense as far as where he goes because we've been screaming for weeks saying that the Raw need that just a bit more steel in that... Um, still creativity in that midfield and that's probably where everything sort of hasn't been going sort of as as we'd like but yeah the, the, the one major hurdle first is unless the rules have changed with the APL in the last you know since their independence um, and creation 
I'm pretty sure Raw have got five um, visas on their books. How how can they have a sixth? I don't I don't think Matty Steinman's Australian, so uh, unless unless uh, yeah, why, unless I've got naturalised during Australia Day, um, I don't know how this works. Uh, the, look, there is probably maybe a suggestion that you know someone like a Masato Kudo might be sort of you know he because his form hasn't been sort of as great and he might be a target to be moved on. But look at the moment, I don't know how this even gets out the gate while um, while we've got five visa players in the books and Matty Steinman certainly is not a guest or marquee player that probably you know, gets gets there, despite his 12 games of Bundesliga. The other thing is, what does this mean for players like Jesse Daly and Danny Kim, who Warren's brought in to fill that role? Does that mean that those players haven't delivered in his eyes what he's looking for? Or It's very interesting, isn't it? It's, of all the areas of the team you think the Raw will be looking at, I wouldn't have thought that would be one, but here we are. I don't, we'll have to see if it actually goes through or not, or if it's just a, a, a rumour which proves to be false. I don't, I don't have a problem with them actually trying to bring in another midfielder, and uh, even at the sacrifice of you know either a Jesse Daly or a Danny Kim. It's just yeah, like I said, well, I can't get my head around. Okay, how does this logistically work? Um, if if say for example we get an announcement uh, in the next couple of days saying that you know one of the one of the visas have been moved on, there's space, then let's then we'll debate them. But that's as far as I'm uh, looking at the moment because it just can't Could happen. Could he be a guest player? Could they get a road to his guest player? The only way would be, oh, geez, I don't even know if the injury. I don't even know if injury replacement players. You, you can. You, I don't injured? think you know. But exactly. It would exactly. I'm as look. I'm not going to uh, say that the raw don't know their player signing rules as they've clearly evidenced with the Sonny Franco acquisition. So, I'm I'm just going to assume that if they brought him in and the contract is registered, it is going to be allowed. That's the only. Yeah. That's the only way I'm going to. I suppose yeah, who, who's come... going to be in the departure hall? Because yeah, it's. I don't know. It's it's an interesting one. Uh, there that, was a squad there's... spot though, because Jai Ingham left a couple of weeks ago. Definitely. So there, yeah, they do have the uh, place open. Okay, uh, first and foremost, now we're going to move on to NPL, so that we do try and keep this fairly brief for your Easter commute, and uh, we'll assume that you're having a good. Uh, run in the car and you're not stuck in traffic in any way shape or form going to go on to the npl and i'll go through uh just briefly because we do have the npl sunday show for your full recap of all local action and just go through go through what caught our eyes this weekend and i'm going to go for the match that i commentated so uh i want to jump in before either of you steal it pen power olympic fc a tactical masterclass from the Pen Power coaching staff there, dropping Jesse Rigby in and basically playing a back five and challenging Olympic to score at them. Uh, ben Khan's team had the bulk of the ball. They had a couple of really good chances as well, just couldn't bury it. And in the end, it was Andy Pangeli, the most dangerous striker in the entire competition, uh, making sure that Pen Power uh, uh, capitalised on the chances they were able to create. Adam, what did you think? Yeah, look, I'm going to... I'm going to show my bias and fandom a little bit, and uh, look, I, I was look, I was impressed with uh, Morton Bay's performance over Magpies Crusaders, and you know, before people sort of start bagging, you know, Magpies Crusaders, look, I thought it was a character-building effort as far as that would be being down one nil in a niggly game. You would have thought that maybe that they would drop their bundle, but there, there's something different about this Morton Bay team that they they found a way not to equalise and then find the winner. And I think that might be the, the clearest sign yet that this is a side that is going to be you know 
realistically, it's going to be in the hunt. I don't know if they'll get there, but they're going to be there a long way, and it'll just depend on you know, the big games against the big clubs, and they can get those results, is well determine whether they'll be playing false football. But they're, they're shaping to be one of the top squads in the league at the moment. Absolutely. Scott? Well, the game you commentated, I walked in just as Andy Pengelly scored that goal, and it was a superb strike, and you can certainly hear what Ben Ryan thought about the um, sterling defensive performance of his side on the MPL Sunday show because he was, he was thrilled with the defensive effort. Adam showed his fan bias. I'll, do, I'll go with mine. The Raw annihilated yeah. the Brisbane Strikers on Sunday night, and it was... Having been at a lot of these games in the early years of the MPL, that was the... The score was quite often the reverse. You can say the tide is turned, but this Brisbane Raw Academy side looks really, really strong, and there's some great young players in there at the moment, and they're performing exceptionally well, and so are the QAS girls as well, because they're near the top of the table yep. in the NPL women's off, off to a great start, so there's a lot of good young talent out there, male and female, James. The only yep. question I'd like to ask, if I could interrupt, is how do you score a hat-trick and not make the NPL uh, team of the week? Because Alex Parsons... This is why those things are a joke, and picking... Na- Picking, I said national teams, picking state teams at the end of the year on the back of them, I don't agree with. Yeah, because like I said, Alex Parsons, seven goals, leading the Golden Boot race, and he somehow misses out on the team of the week. So I don't know what happened there, but uh, yeah, no, the, I agree with you, Scott, absolutely. And that would have been my second choice, is yeah, Raw are absolutely flying at the moment, and they've got a lot of teams worried. Uh, can I just say quickly uh, on that as well, Scott? It was against Strikers. It was. Sorry, but like, they're beating everybody like that, so they, they yeah, look yeah. really, really strong at the moment. I know, and I and I will say as well, like obviously, conversely, we know strikers are going to be in for a massive rebuilding year, and um, yeah, get out to Parc de Paris while you still can, I suppose. But um, oh, I don't. Yeah. <laughs> I, I don't think it's really going out on a limb to say that uh, this striker side is uh, nowhere close to the one that uh, made the NPL semi-final. Back in 2019. However, yeah, on you that. You can see that side, AJ Kelly Park. <laughs> or the bulk <laughs> of it, anyway. Um, on that as well, though, I just want to give you guys a bit of a flashback. 2017 NPL season, Strikers defeated the Raw Youth 4 1 at Parc de Paris. We couldn't be at that game. Why? Because you're right. very, very selfish. Yeah. <laughs> yeah Although, so... I like the food was good that night. Oh, I'm glad you enjoyed it. Yes, that was uh, the night of my wedding. And I remember <laughs> you guys doing the post while, for, while you were there saying, oh, by the way, sorry we don't have any updates, but we had somewhere more important <laughs> to be. <laughs> anyway, yes, moving on. Um, yeah, so now we can get on to our A-League preview now that we know there actually is an A-League pre- match to preview. The Raw taking on Western Sydney Wanderers at Morton Daly Stadium. Sunday, 6 p.m. Saturday. Queen- Saturday. 6pm Queensland time uh, Record against the Wanderers It's a bit of a mixed bag 1-10, lost 11, drawn 8 uh, However, of the last 6 matches The Raw have only lost once And they've uh, managed to win the last 2 meetings Between the sides as well If my memory serves So, there's plenty to look forward to In this fixture, Scott Obviously it's been a fortnight since we've seen the Raw In their uh, swimming pool draw Against Newcastle down at McDonald. <laughs> against Wellington at McDonald Jones Stadium. Do you think they put their week off to good use? Well, their, their training ground turned into a swimming pool as well down there last week, so I'm not sure how much training they would have done down there on the Gold Coast, but I hope they've managed to get their shooting boots on because we saw at the back end of that game in, in Newcastle against Wellington, the Raw did get an equaliser, and the momentum from that, we all, 
we talked about last week. We hoped they could carry the momentum from that into the A-League game, which didn't happen last Saturday. Now it's been two weeks. Is that momentum still there? I hope it's still there. Because this, this Wanderers side, James, is a lot better than the teams that they've gone well against in the last couple of years under Carl Robinson. They look like they're getting back to the Wanderers of old. So I hope they've still got that momentum there because they're going to need it. They're going to need to score some goals in this game because the Wanderers look like they're certainly capable of it. Adam? Yeah, sorry, I was just, uh, just trying to sort of recap on sort of, you know, Western Sydney sort of um, form. And they, they, they went on a three-game winning streak and were looking like that they were, you know, you know absolutely flying. Then they sort of got, they just, they got pretty much belted up by um, by Melbourne City, who probably looked like the favourites at the moment in the, uh, in the in the league. So it's sort of hard to sort of see them uh, really, you know, that you think you had more of that as aberration, but for me, the worry for Raw is they're seven games winless, and they, they need to turn it around. I think this is this is probably the opportunity they're going to get. Uh, they're going to get their fresh. They, you know, they're, they're coming off a two-week break, pretty much. Uh, and yeah, it's time that this Raw side, you know, they, they need to at least start getting some wins on the board. But um, it'll be it's going to be tough on Western Sydney. Have got a, on paper a very very good team, so I think this is going to be a um, hard-fought battle. This one. I think, yeah, I think that's exactly spot on, Adam. The Wanderers, are go- they're going to present a really strong challenge as well. They've got very capable goal scorers. It is going to put a lot of stress on a defence that is missing, arguably its most impactful player in Macaulay Gillespie, who, of course, is still suspended considering he didn't miss last weekend like we originally thought he was going to. Um, yeah, Gillespie is probably not... He's going to be a real uh, massive hold film. We talked about this last week. Do you bring in Scott Neville, who is now out of quarantine and back on the training paddock? Uh, do you stick with Kai Truin and keep that back three uh, as it was? Or do you possibly go to that back four that worked so well and try and just bring in another body going forward to try and match the Wanderers in terms of uh, goal for goal, Scott? Well, I think the extra week helps Scott Neville immeasurably. The extra week on the training pack, I think he's playing. Whether it's a back four or a back five, either way, I think he's in there. The question is, do you keep Kai Truen in the team or do you put the extra attacker in? Personally, I would like to see them go with the extra attacker. I think that's the way I would prefer, the back four with a midfield three and a front front three. It's what I hope they do. But I'm kind of expecting it'll be Scott Neville in for Macaulay Gillespie as pretty much the change at the back and then maybe an additional change up front. That's, that's what I think they'll do. But if, if you're asking what I would do, is I'd play the back four with Neville and Aldred at centre-back. Adam? Yeah, look, this game was played against West United last week. You know, I was, I was saying, you know, you, you keep you keep Truen in the in that side. But, yeah, as, as Scott said, I, I completely agree with him that um, irrespective if they go, you know, five or four at the back or the three centre-backs, whatever you want to call it, um, yeah, I think Scott Neville... It plays in this as well. I think, you know, he's a, he's a bit experienced player, you know, to leave out. And also as well, especially aerially, he actually does, you know, at set piece, he also does add that extra sort of option, which they would otherwise be missing with McCoy Gillespie. Uh, look, Kai Truen, you know, it's not that he hasn't done anything wrong. I just think maybe it's time to, you know, in his young career, just to give him a freshen up, give him a, give him a spell and, you know, go with the more experienced Scott Neville um, who I do believe uh, likes to score against uh, score four and against Star uh, Wanderers. So, so yeah, I think um, that that's a change I'd make. And yeah, look, I agree. You go 
if if I had a choice between five or four at the back, I'd go the extra midfield as well. They just need to attack and they need to they need to find a way to score goals. Yeah, set pieces is a great point. He was a real factor last year, Scott Neville. I think he scored twice, maybe three times from set pieces at corners. So he's a massive threat and it's also against his former club. So he he'll certainly have a point to prove. I know it's been a while since he played for the Wanderers, but whenever you play against your former club you like to prove a point. So those two factors in addition to his experience, he's in, James. He's playing. Definitely. All right. Well, look, I'm pretty much have run out of things to talk about this afternoon, so we may as well wrap it up with our uh, question of what are we going to be talking about this time next week, Adam? Uh, a successful weekend for both Raw teams. Scott, what are we going to be talking about? Talk about Raw into the grand final, hopefully. Yeah, what about from the A-League? Oh. We've already done the W League. I really hope they can win this game. But part of me thinks it'll be another draw. I'm going to say Masato Kudo scores in a 2-2 draw with the Wanderers. I'd like to be optimistic, but I'm just... I'm not quite there yet. Actually, I'd like to go one step further in that, you know... Not only we talk about that, but Brisbane Raw hosting a W League Grand Final. Yes, that would be There we go. We go back to the Season 1 Grand Final, Brisbane Canberra. What's Ballymore up to these days? Can we play it there? <laughs> I think I think Ballymore I think Ballymore might actually just be a big dirt pile now based on uh That's fine, that'll suit perfectly. We'll play. <laughs> there it is. Alright, that's gonna be it for this edition of the Brisbane Football Review. Thank you, Adam. Yep, thanks boys. Thank you, Scott. Good to talk to you all once again. Yes, thank you everyone for listening. Uh have a very happy Easter. Get out to the local football if you can, provided you're following all the necessary local guidelines. Wear a and- mask. That, yes. Uh, this is definitely uh, much more serious than the fluke, like what some people may think as well. As, uh, yeah, we're going to now go out and enjoy what is going to be a massive weekend of football here in southeast Queensland. Watch the games, get out to them in person if you can, and we'll be back next week to talk about it all on the Brisbane Football Review. Thank you very much for listening. Have a good, very long weekend. <laughs>